Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how it goes? And welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Happy Thursday to you. It is a beautiful day outside in the Gulf South. We're glad to be back with you here today from Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. Um, somebody was asking me last night, by the way, at the arena, two different questions with regard to, I guess, Black and Blue Report and podcasting. I mean, not podcasting, in-arena radio broadcasts. Now I've got my, my thing straight. Um, the Black and Blue Report, again, help us spread the word because I know there's a couple of different ways that people like to take the show in, and I just wanted to get this out of the way right off the top here on this Thursday. Um, even if you do not have access to your desktop, you know, when you listen maybe on pelicans.com or neworleansaints.com, you can listen through the app. And that's probably the easiest way to go, either through the Pelicans app or the Saints app. Uh, and, again, it's it's up and on the app as soon as we post it, obviously, to the websites as well. So the Black and Blue Report is yours just as easily through your mobile device as it is through your desktop. And then, again, uh, still available on iTunes and for free. Um, you might say, well, why would I go through iTunes if I can listen through the, the team app? The, uh, I would say this. Um, if you go through iTunes, not only is it free, but it, if you go, as it, go to it as a subscription, uh, it will download to your phone when it's ready every day. So keep that in mind. All right, so we cleared the deck on that. The other question last night that I got was about listening to the radio broadcast at a Pelicans game while you're watching the game in person. Um, there is a way to do it without the delay that happens when we go through the satellite and through the radio station and then back through your radio or mobile device, and that is the in-arena signal. So if you are like, you know, this, this person said, hey, I want it to be like when I go to the Saints game and I can listen to the game as it's happening. Same deal at Smoothie King Center. You just have to turn a radio to 88.9 FM, 88.9 FM. Daniel, I don't know why I started with that. I, I think I did that just so I wouldn't forget. Is that fair? Okay. It certainly isn't the lead story today, but it was a matter of if I don't start with it, I'm going to forget. And all this uh, applies, obviously, to the Black and Blue Report today and the Pelicans game tomorrow against the Clippers. Uh, by the way, with regard to the Clipper game tomorrow night, as you know, Chris Paul returns uh, here to New Orleans with his uh, buddies, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and J.J. Redick, and that whole crew. 
Oh, and Austin Rivers, too, by the way. Um, there aren't many tickets left. So if you'd like to see the game tomorrow night, which is a Friday night at home, go for it. Call right now, 504-525-HOOP, or check out pelicans.com to get yourself tickets for tomorrow night's game. If you're thinking about bringing the family, uh, which I know financially sometimes can be hard to do, tomorrow night is a Pierre's Party Pack night, and so therefore it's three tickets, three combo meals, and then on top of that, an on-court free-throw experience uh, for everybody in the family there with Pierre the Pelican himself. I want to say that starts as low as $48 for the whole package. Um, so check that out. And then uh, those of you coming tomorrow will probably uh, get yourself a very nice dark blue uh, Pelicans t-shirt courtesy of our good friend Morris Bart. You think you'll have to be one of the first 12,000 in the door to make sure you get that. And we're expecting a lot more than 12,000 tomorrow night. So perhaps coming a few minutes early would be a pretty good idea. Okay. With all that being said, I wish the Pelicans had some momentum going into tomorrow night's game, but a loss last night stings here today. Stings because you lost to a sub-500 team, a Denver team that had lost seven straight. You'd won four straight, um, but it was not to be. 93-85 was the final score last night at the Smoothie King Center. So with that, the Pelicans dropped to 24-22 and on the season. Anthony Davis, apparent groin injury, suffered in the third quarter last night. Did return in the fourth but was unable to finish. Hopefully we'll know more uh, later on this evening, and I'll tell you how we'll learn more uh, before the show's over today. And then, of course, we've got to focus on Super Bowl 49 uh, as our countdown continues to the uh, Patriots and Seahawks from Arizona this weekend. John DeShazer, senior writer from NewOrleansSaints.com, will offer up his thoughts not only of the game itself uh, between the Patriots and the Seahawks, but the Super Bowl in general. He has great perspective on it. He's covered several in person, and uh, obviously covered the NFL all season long for NewOrleansSaints.com. He's a part of our show today. And then when we come back after our first break, we'll dive a little deeper into last night's Pelicans game. That's what we're going to do here for you on the podcast for the Pelicans and the Saints here on this Thursday. Hi, I'm Lisa Albright. I'm 36 years old. I had the perfect life. It was everything I ever dreamed about until two weeks ago. I was standing in line at the grocery store, leaning over to empty my cart when I heard it. Mommy, why are her pants too big in the back? And that's when it hit me. I'm wearing mom jeans. Never again. I will look hot in yoga pants. That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Firm and Burn chocolate peanut butter smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get into those yoga pants. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. The New Orleans Pelicans are having a sale. Right now, pick any three games for as low as $24. I want to go to the Clippers, Thunder, and Bulls. You have to see the special man. Let him have it. With no problem. Say I say, you say I say. Get your Pelicans three-game plan today. See the special man. I got the $24. Let him have it. With no problem. I got it, I got it. With no problem. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. I think when you look at the ball game last night at Smoothie King Center, there's two big problems. Um, number one was the first quarter where you gave up 28 points. Denver couldn't miss, by the way, in the first quarter. Some of that had to do that they were red-hot shooting. And the other one was probably some defensive lapses for the Pelicans last night. And then the fourth quarter where the Pelicans only scored 15 points on 5 of 19 shooting. Um, and overall from three, it was awful last night, three of 15. It just was 
it was a bad night scoring the basketball, whether it was the 3-4-15 from beyond the arc or the fact that, uh, especially early in the first quarter, it just seemed like there were a lot of like missed layups, point-blank misses for the Pelicans last night. Just an off night in general. And even with Anthony Davis going out with that groin injury I told you about in the third quarter, the Pelicans battled all the way back, got the thing tied up. Uh, but then from there, I think they went the final 255 without scoring a point and went on to lose to the Denver Nuggets for the third straight time dating back to the last season. So some defensive lapses and just a bad shooting night um, as Ryan Anderson uh, cooled quite a bit at 3 of 10. And then Eric Gordon wasn't quite himself at 4 of 15 either. Um, more on that now here with head coach Monty Williams following the ball game last night. We had a few uh, defensive miscues. We gave up some timely threes. Even when it was a one-point game, um, we just gave up threes. And the one big three with the follow uh, when it was a one-point game, that was a tough one to come back from. But like you said, our, guy, our guys fought to get back into the game with uh, Tyreek Sick. AD goes down. We had a lot of crazy lineups out there to try to manage minutes, and we still had a chance to win. And you know, I'm I'm proud of that. The the um, I think it was the last 255. Did you get enough good looks? No points scored, yeah. but did you have looks to try and score? Well, we had a couple of opportunities where we could have dri- driven the ball. I thought we took you know one or two tough shots, but uh, we we didn't shoot a good percentage tonight. We shot 39 for the game, 32 for 82, and um, you know, we kept them off the line. Uh, we win the rebound game. Uh, we just didn't shoot a good percentage, and they shot 10 for 17 from three. So that that was hard to come back from, and we shot three for 15 from the three-point line. Coach Anthony Davis comes back in the fourth, yeah. but then there at the end, I know that you were down a possession or two, but you decided not to let him finish. Did he re-hurt, re-injure himself? No, I just I can't do that. That's not um, you know something I ever want to do. Is uh, put our guys in a position where I feel like they're laboring or they're going to hurt themselves, and uh, I just didn't feel good about him being on the floor. Um, even if it would have been a tie game, I think I would have snatched him out. Um, I just didn't like the way he looked. Um, all of our guys are are important to us, and um, uh, I just didn't feel good about him being out there. I, I can't risk a guy's career, even though he wants to be out there and he didn't want to be taken out. I just can't do that. Coach, do you emotionally think of this as an off night or is this a frustrating night for you? A little bit of both. You know, we we established a style of play and unfortunately we had a bad shooting night. Our defense wasn't bad. I mean, they scored 93 points. That's a target for us. Uh, We started the game off so poorly uh, for whatever reason. And then in the fourth quarter when we needed to score, we couldn't score at all. So... Uh, frustrating from that standpoint and at, at the same time like I said I'm, I'm proud of the way our guys fought all night long to give us a chance to win coach thanks thank you I'm trying to remember if coach mentioned this here just a moment ago but moving the ball uh, was something that John DeShazer pointed out last night something that the Pelicans had done very well over the last four didn't go so well last night as a matter of fact Tyreek Evans who had 12 assists in each of his last two games it was the first time he'd done that well shoot let me give this some perspective here he had had 12 assists before in a game not back to back but two different times in the previous 268 outings so those two games where he went back to back 12 assists in a game certainly was a step in the right direction if not somewhat of an anomaly but proved to be the latter last night as he only had two assists in nearly 38 and a half minutes of play 
Uh, he did, though, help carry the scoring load when others uh, could not get the ball in the, ba- in the basket. Uh, Tyreek Evans finished with a team-high 25 points last night and did spend a little time with the media after the loss. 85 points, um, didn't shoot the ball well as a team overall. Was it just a case of you, know, you guys missing shots or were there certain things that you guys could have done better offensively? Well, I think we just got out to a slow start rather than make a shot. Is there anything about this team in particular that has been um, why they've been successful against you guys in the two games about Denver? Um, no, not really. I think we just got out to a good start. You know, uh, we just we picked it up second half, but we just couldn't uh, find a way to finish the game up. <sighs> yeah, fourth quarter it was a struggle. I mean, we couldn't really couldn't make shots. Uh, you know, um, we didn't, we couldn't get stops. They hit a couple big threes and and pick and rolls. Uh, they was hitting some uh, tough shots, but other than that, I think we just didn't make shots and only count. You were talking about struggling there. In the last couple of minutes, you get the shot blocked, you make a steal, but then kind of lose your balance and go out of bounds. How frustrating was that little sequence right in there for you? Uh, it was a little frustrating just uh, knowing that we needed a basket at the time. Um, we got still, uh, you know, um, I don't think, you know, we was was trying to trying to figure out the way to not to get a good, a good bucket, but that was the opportunity right there on the fast break. Did they make it difficult for you guys to share the ball as well as you have been made? Was their defense something they were doing? Uh, they just did a good job of blacking. I mean, they got uh, a good line of guards or a small force that you can blacken and, and anything. So, uh, you know, I don't think we just took advantage of it, of, of what they did when they blacked it. All right, so with that, we turn our attention to the Clippers uh, and then Atlanta on Monday. Those are the next two home games. This is a tall order here for the Pelicans but they seem up to the challenge at home. And I will say this about the home crowd. Um, it's starting to turn. It really is. Uh, even last night when things weren't going well, I thought the crowd was into it um, and uh, provided a lift to at least make it a game in the fourth quarter last night after the Pelicans at one point had trailed by 16. Uh, that third quarter uh, where they scored 31 points uh, and erased a 10-point Denver lead, uh, the crowd was really uh, picking and choosing the right spots to uh, get behind their ball club last night. So we are trending back to what that building was a few years ago where a home floor advantage was certainly a palpable thing for the New Orleans Hornets then, Pelicans now. So keep it up tomorrow night against the Clippers. I really, I really think you are providing a big push for a team that's got 15 wins now already at home. Uh, Monty Williams show tonight. More on that in a moment. First, though, a quick timeout. And then John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Mardi Gras is just around the corner and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the Crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with a crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bosier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. 
I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. John DeShazer is ready to go here on the Black and Blue Report this morning. It is a Thursday, and so we find J.D. Uh, hopefully uh, relaxing at least for a moment after uh, another game last night at Smoothie King Center. Hey, before I ask you about football and Super Bowl Forty Nine this weekend, uh, what'd you take away from last night's Pelicans game, J.D.? Well, I, you know, frankly, a little disappointment. I mean, the Pels really only played one nice quarter. That was the third quarter. Uh, otherwise, uh, just didn't quite have it in the first, second, or fourth quarter. And then on top of that, you know, A.D. Anthony Davis suffers a bit of an injury. We don't know the extent of it yet, but uh, hopefully it's nothing serious. But whatever it was, it drove him from the game, and then he wasn't able to complete the game, even though he came back and made a brief cameo and got a couple of rebounds. So, you know, pretty disheartening considering – you know, the Pills have kind of taken care of, uh, you know, teams of that caliber, of Denver's caliber at home this season. So hopefully they can get back on another street. But obviously it's going to be a little bit more difficult when you've got the Clippers and, and Atlanta and Oklahoma City about to come to town. Yeah, no doubt. It doesn't get any easier on this homestand. At least, though, you're home. And at least as far as Anthony Davis goes, maybe we'll find out more tonight on the Monty Williams show. Um, You know, I the more I think about last night, I think, I think the last thing that you and I talked about, I asked the question – did the Pelicans not defend well enough, or did they not shoot well enough? And you you thought both. Um, you want to hold to that, or did you change your mind? Well, I, I still am going to stay with it because Denver only scored nine. You know, Denver didn't crack 100 points. So defensively, you know, you can you can say they didn't defend great, but uh, certainly, you know, they can defend better. But, you know, Denver is a team that averaged more than 100. They kept them below 100. So that really generally turns out to be a winning number, especially at home. But uh, shooting the ball was pretty much abysmal for the Pels the entire game, and you know barely 40 percent, and uh, just couldn't quite get it going. I thought the, the ball movement, which had been so prevalent in the previous four games and during the winning streak, where you know guys were sharing the ba- basketball and moving it quickly and crisply and looking for the man, the open man, and getting a, a ton of open shots, that didn't seem to happen against them for whatever reason. It seemed like there was a lot more individual play, and the assists were down, and I think it ended up costing them in the end. This may be the most obvious question I will ask you today, but um, do we have to hold uh, a thought on Friday's game against the Clippers until we know more about Anthony Davis? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you don't have AD, then you know you, you hate to say all bets are off because they've you know played without AD and they've been able to to you know even win a game uh, and a tough game at that you know on the road. But certainly, you know, if you want to be the team the caliber of the Clippers, the way they're playing right now. You have to have AD, one of the top, you know, five, six players in the league, because the Clippers are going to come in with Chris Paul and they're going to come in with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan shooting almost 80% from the field, and you know they've got some weapons, Jamal Crawford. So you know you're going to have to be at full strength if you hope to beat that team wherever it is, but especially at home. And it'd be nice to get that momentum and have the crowd kind of carry you across the finish line that way. So hopefully AD will be healthy enough to play because to contend with Blake Griffin without him is going to be a difficult, difficult task. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think there's going to be a good crowd tomorrow night. Uh, we'll know more about that probably in the next 12 to 24 hours 
as well. John DeShazer here with us on a Black and Blue Report. Of course, you know that he uh, does the games with me on the uh, Pelicans Radio Network, but he's also the senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. And so with that, let's turn our attention, John, to Super Bowl Forty Nine. Uh, big plans on Sunday? How do you want to take the game in? Uh, hey, man, I, I, I can't even guarantee that I'm going to watch it, to be honest with you, but I'll probably take the time out to uh, to look over it and peruse it since, you know, it's the only thing going. It's always the biggest game, but there's so much hoopla leading up to it that by the time the game comes around, you know, I'm just almost, I'm almost, you know, fatigued by the actual game. So, you know, if they would actually just jump to the game, I'd be fine. But, you know, with with six, seven hours of pregame shows and this, that, and the other, you know, you just kind of get worn out. So hopefully I can time it just right for the game. A lot of people will consume every minute of this stuff leading up until kickoff just after 5 o'clock Central. J.D., uh, from a reporter's standpoint, an NFL reporter's standpoint, if you were to advise someone on how to cut through it and look for the most important things with regard to the game, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, you know, if you want to just, you know, look at the game, which, you know, if, if we're talking game-specific, you know, it's going to be, I believe, a lot of Seattle secondary against, you know, the, the New England receivers. I think that's pretty much the matchup because New, Seattle have a secondary where they're good enough. They don't have to, you know, put, you know, extra people into coverage. They can play the basic guys in coverage, and that allows them to get after quarterbacks a little bit more. So I think that benefits. That's, that's the reason their defense is as good as it is. That's why they've dominated down the stretch. That's why they dominated last season. And so I think it really just comes down to that because we know what those guys can do when they defend well. I don't think there really is an answer for Russell Wilson on offense, to be honest with you. I know New England, you know, devises a lot of schemes, but Russell Wilson seems to be, you know, just that guy who can play like dirt for an entire game before he pulls it out, or he can play immaculate for an entire game. But one way or the other, he kind of figures it out. So I don't necessarily know that there is an answer for him. But Seattle's receivers seem to be pretty pedestrian. So, you know, maybe New England can get some traction there. But I think the whole thing is going to be, you know, whether or not Seattle can defend those receivers in their base package, which they seem to be able to do against everybody. And if they can do that against New England, you have to like the chances. Does the fact that both of them have been there uh, and fairly recently, I know the Patriots probably have a lot more guys on their roster that haven't experienced this, but the experience of going through the whole week and then the game itself, um, does that change the way the game gets played on Sunday in your eyes? No, not really. I mean, because, you know, as you mentioned, they're two veteran teams. They've been through it. And plus one of the things is, you know, all the distractions, they understand how to handle them, especially, you know, having been through it recently. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, accommodations and logistics. You know, how can I get, you know, my family here? What about ticket situation? Those kinds of things. Well, they've had two weeks to take care of all that, really one week, because the second week they really reserved to get for preparation for the game. But both teams, having been through it, understand it completely. So in that situation, both of them should be primed for the game because they know exactly what to expect in terms of the hoopla, in terms of the surrounding antics and all that stuff. So really for both of them, both of them they're probably just dying to play the game right now. You've covered Super Bowls in person, so let me ask you this question. Is the Super Bowl a bucket list thing for sports fans? And and. If it's your team, I get it. But just the event itself, is it something that should be on a sports fan's bucket list to attend in person at some point? Well, I mean, you'd like to, but, I mean, let's face it. I mean, the Super Bowl is an expensive proposition, man. I mean, it is, and really it's not, I hate to say it, but it doesn't seem to be geared toward the average fan. It seems to be a lot more geared toward, you know, advertisers and, and, and those, and, you know, and that kind of thing. But, 
you know, because the average fan, you know, he's going to have a nosebleed seat and it's going to cost him a fortune. And it's going to cost him a fortune to get there and it's going to cost a fortune, you know, to, to have a hotel and those kinds of things. So, yeah, if your team's in it, you'd love to be there. But as just a casual fan, man, I, I, I hate to say this, and I hope the NFL doesn't get mad at me, but the, the best way to watch it is on, on TV because you get, you know, a better, you know, a better view of it and, and, and you get it to do it in a much more intimate setting as opposed to being at the game. But nothing beats actually being at the game, whether you've got to cover it or whether you're there as a fan. But, you know, again, if, if I'm just a general fan, I don't know if I'm, I'm just busting it to get to a Super Bowl because, you know, what you have to go through to get there is a lot. Yeah, no doubt. I think, I think I'll go if, uh, if the team is – our team is involved again, and I'd want to see that. But otherwise, uh, John, I'm with you. I'll take my television, my good food, my cold beer, uh, and the whole nine yards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nothing beats the comforts of home or a bar or whatever it is you're going to do. But because again, once you get there, man, it's it's just tough getting. It's tough getting there. Period. And by the time you're done with it, it's one of those things you gotta you gotta plan for a Super Bowl. If you want to attend it, man, you gotta like take your your income tax check or something and try to get ready for it. Because it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. No doubt. All right. I will see you tomorrow for Pelicans Clippers. I hope that uh, the Pelicans, like they've done against Memphis and Houston and San Antonio and everybody else, rises to the occasion. There are a few teams I'd like to beat more than the Clippers tomorrow night. Well, the good thing about the Pels is, you know, you just mentioned it. They have played up. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, they play down, too. But they generally play up to the level of competition. So, if AD is ready, and that's a big if, and we're certainly crossing our fingers there, it was great to hear that he didn't have a knee injury and had a growing injury instead. You know, not that not that any injury is good, but certainly, you know, he didn't have any structural damage with his knee, so that was good to hear. But, you know, the Pills usually play up, and so let's hope that they're going to play up and, and match the level against the Clippers that they're going to have to have. Good stuff. Tomorrow night, J.D. and myself will have it for you at 7 on the Pelicans Radio Network. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, J.D. Thanks, and uh, I hope you do watch the Super Bowl. I mean, it is the completion of the campaign that you started back in July. Well, I might try, man. I, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm just, you know, i got to be around the right people, I guess, to watch it because if, uh, if I happen to be around the wrong people, I might just go to sleep. Your, honest, your honesty is astounding today, J.D. <laughs> and, uh, and if you – and, and – for those of you that may watch the game with JD, if he falls asleep, you'll know that he so didn't see you as the right kind of people. So I warned him. I warned him. Yes, this is true. All right, my friend, enjoy, and I'll see you uh, tomorrow night. Yes, you will. See you there. All right, John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. More Super Bowl coverage for uh, Super Bowl Forty Nine comes your way tomorrow. We'll put a wrap on things before the big game. I can't believe we're only down to one football game left. Back in a moment. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Friday, January 30th at 7 p.m. when the Los Angeles Clippers come to town. The first 12,000 fans receive a free Pelicans t-shirt, all courtesy of Morris Bart. Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole bunch more. Tickets are limited. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your seats today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans. 
proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Ha-ha! You hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Ha-ha! Just something about the tradition of it all. Even those Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch-offs from the lottery. You could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beans, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. All right, final segment here on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Um, a couple of things real quick. Number one, more coverage tomorrow regarding Super Bowl 49. I think we're scheduled to hear from a couple of former Saints. Um, and we are going to do a lot of things next week commemorating the five-year anniversary of Super Bowl 44 and the Saints win uh, in South Florida. So uh, tomorrow's a little taste of it and a little bit of a wrap-up as well for our preview of this weekend's Super Bowl against uh, between the Patriots and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, one more thing before I get to the Monty Williams show and a wrap of today's show. That's this. Last night I thought it was pretty cool, um, and I don't. This is not going to be something I delve into regularly. But the uh, situation going on with the Benson family right now. Last night, Mr. and Mrs. Benson were at the game. Uh, Jen Hale from Fox Sports New Orleans interviewed Mr. Benson last night. First time we'd heard him in a while. Uh, he's been around a lot, uh, but first time I'd, I'd heard him uh, speak to Jen specifically. Uh, but they played that on the big screen last night during halftime from the Fox Sports New Orleans broadcast, and the reception in the building was unbelievable. Uh, it was a pretty cool moment, and uh, I, I hope Mr. Benson, despite the loss, enjoyed that reception from the crowd last night. Uh, good stuff, good conversation, and a good reaction as well. Okay, so with that, final note is the Monty Williams Show. It's yours tonight on the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network at 8 Central, 8 Central on 105.3 WWL-FM. It's a little bit of a radio magazine, if you will. We'll go through this past week in Pelicans basketball and visit uh, with head coach Monty Williams. We usually cover a lot of ground on Thursday nights. Hope you'll tune in for that, and hopefully uh, we'll get an update on Anthony Davis. We may not. They may wait till tomorrow to speak more about his availability for the Clippers. I'm crossing my fingers, though, that uh, Coach uh, shines a little more light on Davis's uh, probability of playing uh, not only tomorrow night, but you know, for the rest of the homestand, too. He's such a key piece. Uh, with that being said, let's put a wrap on today and say thanks to John DeShazer for stopping by, and thanks to you for tuning in here on the uh, Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Enjoy the great weather if you're here with me down south. Otherwise, hang in there. Hang in there, and we'll see you tomorrow on a Friday. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.